Okay, uh, good evening and welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rosier, Kofi Hemingway, uh, ready for another good show. Plenty to talk about, plenty of things going on on the highest of seven hills on the campus of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, better known as FAMU to many of y'all out there. Um we are a show brought to you by the Black College Sports Network uh, that covers all things related to FAMU athletics and culture. And so I bring to you the triumvirate, my good friends, Kelvin Roser, Kofi Hemingway, born Rattlers. I'm the newbie. I'm the guy who moved into town. So this is a show about uh, about it. You ain't no newbie so. no more. You've been a Rattler for about. 30 years now. Now, come on now. You ain't no... I was officially over half of my life. Yes, over half of my life. Definitely. I've been a, I've been a rattler, proud to say. So, uh, how, how's everybody doing today? Kelvin, Kofi, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. How are you? You know, feeling a little bit wiser, a little bit older, sometimes appreciating. You know, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. Birthday weekend's coming up. Uh you know, so I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm feeling blessed. Uh, I haven't got as many gifts as I was hoping for, but you know, maybe all the kids are saving it for the end of the week. Fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, if you're relying on the younger generation, Brian, good luck to that one, man. It's, yeah. it's 50 yeah, 50 on yeah, that proposition. Oh, yeah, by the way, I I, 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 I want to give uh, props to our wonderful producer, Mel. She dropped some serious knowledge before we came on air and so forth, and I was having a little yeah. fun with it. But but I hear you, Mel. I hear you. And also, I want to give a shout out to my wife. She, you know, the reason I was late last week's show, she uh, earned a PhD, and um, we were, we were celebrating her graduation and so forth. So, Doctor Rosier, hold it down. Doctor Rosier, let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, congratulations, Doctor Rosier, and and. Uh, I saw, I believe the number, oh, don't quote me here. It's over 1,300 new graduates uh, from the spring 2022 class. So hopefully somewhere along the way, those new Rattlers will find our show. And uh, most importantly, welcome to the family, the alumni edition. And this is where it gets fun. You know, them, them four or five years you spent, yeah, that was nothing. Now you get to spend the rest of your life uh, and, you know, celebrating the orange and green in those four years, you four or five, sometimes six, uh, spent on the hill, um, you know, and all that, and all that comes with it. So that'll be good times for all. Uh, want to, uh, remind everybody, follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. You can also find us by going to the Jericho Broadcast Networks app, which is on your Google and Apple Play Store, 
Search my JBM, my BCSN. Send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. And also, you can donate to the show. We are, we're taking donations now. So now we appreciate everybody who donated last week. Much love. Thank you to our, our first initial group of donations that came in. Um, and, uh, you know, anything that you guys, you know, feel like blessing us with is, is appreciated. Doesn't matter if it's a dollar or more. Uh, we, we appreciate it. It helps, goes a long way to what we're doing. So you can find that link, uh, on our, uh, Twitter feed. If you go, uh, Twitter, uh, ONG strike zone, it's right there. It's pinned to our page. Uh, there's also a link on our, uh, Facebook and, uh, Twitter. I'll make sure to send that out a little bit during the break to you guys who are watching in the um, YouTube chats as well as the Facebook chats as well. Trying to get all that together. Well, gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about um, on the docket today. Yeah, a little bit later, we'll be taking phone calls. I think that was a heads up to let you know that the lines are working. So a little bit later, we'll be taking your phone calls. Lots of big topics off the field. Of course, we got a break. Now, we have a list. We have 18 names, 18 names, and somehow our own Kofi Hemingway is not on the list. I'm personally a little upset about that. Kofi, are you feeling a little bit upset about that, not being on that list? Am I feeling what now? A little upset. You should You should be a little upset. Uh. No, not really. I, I, you know, I think that <laughs> at this particular time, uh, you know, Dr. Robinson has the right to choose who he feels comfortable with. And uh, I think based off a few of my words, I don't know if he'd be comfortable with me necessarily being up there on the committee. So. Um, comfortable with a lot of people. <laughs> That's what I, like to say, I don't a lot know of if you feel necessarily comfortable with me right now, but let me just say, um, first of all, you know, I'm I'm disappointed because I feel like Dr. Robinson should have been more prepared. Um, it is absurd to think that. You know, this whole thing with Courtney had been going for at least, at least minimal eight months, a minimal of eight months. And he didn't take the time out to get a search firm, a consulting firm, or a short list of names that could have made this process a whole lot easier. Um, furthermore, that tells me that he doesn't have anybody around him to even suggest that. So... I question just his leadership team and what he's thinking about um, in regards to uh, the nature of what's happening and what's going to happen next. And then it's kind of like, you know, when you are, when we were in elementary school, we had, you know, when they picked people to be on the kickball team, you know, the whole goal was you had to be able to kick, catch, or run. You know, you had to have some type of asset to help the team win. This ninja picked 18 people and didn't even include 
your your name brand or one of your 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 main governors in Rattler Nation, Rattler Nation and Coach Willie Simmons. So I'm like, mm. what are you thinking? How are you thinking? What made you come up with this darn list? And why did whew, I had to calm down because I don't want to cuss on this evening. I want to try to keep it keep it keep it family friendly and everything before I get disclaimer. So I have to take a deep breath and give myself some therapy and everything so I don't go off off key. But 18, 18, 18 people. It was it was enough to just be like, bro, just you know, can we get some technology to come and help us? You know, something else other than this this foolishness that Larry Robinson is coming up with. Because again, in my conversations with him, one of the things that I said to him personally was, your legacy in academia is amazing. I think it's great. But your term as president is largely going to be defined by how you managed athletics. And today, he doesn't get a passing grade from me. It's, a, it's an outright, it's, it's definitely lower than us. I can't even give him a darn seat. Uh, at this point, because he's just unprepared and very nonchalant about it, you know, and, uh, you know, for me, it gets a, he, you know, I should have just given my F right out this sorry joke and just sitting up there talking about some darn 18 people. Yeah, it's funny you brought up, hold on, Kelvin, what, uh, what did I say in the pregame? I was looking for what, what sport have you seen 18 people on? and been successful and see it be, I mean, they don't have 18 people on a baseball field, football field, soccer pitch. And then Kofi said kickball. That's where you get 18 people on the field. Back in elementary, you get classes. You have about 18 people on the field, nine infielders, <laughs> nine out, seven outfielders, the pitcher, and you well, no one needed to catch, or maybe you had a catcher, right? 18 people. There you go. Bro, we done had the darn fam you five. We've had the thick thirty-six, and now we got the fam you eighteen. It's just like the fam where is that the name for it? The fam you eighteen? Is that what we're calling that? The fam you eighteen? That's what I'm calling. I'm calling it the darn fam you eighteen. Like the fam you eighteen. Where do we go from here? And why does it, why in the world did he think it was gonna it take eighteen people? To go through all those resumes, just ridiculous, man. Just ridiculous. I have to calm down and need to take a nice look, you know, because I don't want to go off on a tangent. But uh, uh, before I come over to you, Kelvin, before I come over to you, Kelvin, we've got a couple of new polls up on Twitter. Go to twitter.com at ONG Strike Zone. Let us know. Do you agree with Dr. Robinson's decision to name 18 people to a committee no. in search of athletic director? No. And then the, no. and then the other no. question. Quiet, hell no. The other to the no, is, no, no, hell to no. <laughs> is, is 18 people on a search committee too many, not enough, or just right? Go to uh, twitter.com slash at OMG strike zone. Go make your voice heard. Go vote there. Those of you uh, right there and let us know. Kelvin, before we break down and look at this list of names, uh, what are your thoughts on this committee and how do you compare this to other committees that you have seen in the past? 
So I'm going to start off talking about uh, something else that's kind of related and then tie it in, right? So if you, notice you. What, if you notice what happened with the MEAC, okay. there, was this, there was discussion of adding Chicago State to the MEAC. The right. ADs, the athletic directors in the MEAC voted 7-1 to one to admit Chicago State. Right. Then it went to the president's council. The president council voted two to six against admitting, oh. <laughs> admitting Chicago State to the MEAC. So the ADs who are supposed to be the experts in athletics, mm-hmm. seven to one, thought it was a good idea. And then the presidents at the universities who limited in their knowledge of athletics went against what their own ADs voted for. Almost to the key. That is a microcosm. That is a microcosm of what's wrong with HBCU athletics, frankly. And that's 18 committee per thing is is part of that. Number one, you would want to odd them just in case it's a tie some something. Uh number two, I don't know. I don't I don't know how you schedule 18 people consistently to review all this stuff, right? I know we got technology right. and stuff, but these people got other jobs, real jobs and so forth. So, you know, on, on paper, you know, some of these folks, you know, they're part of your DSOs and, and, and key constituents within a university. So on paper, you can say that, you know, they try to cover all bases. But we in reality, but, but but in reality, this is this is dysfunction. All right. So across the tracks, they just had a new AD hired. It took about five days, maybe, for them to hire that person. Um, it, it makes no sense. It, this, this is. I haven't heard anything about the decision of hire. Well, of course, the president ultimately makes that decision, but I do think they had a smaller group, but they had a search firm, which is what mo- you know most functional folks do, who come and solicit those applications, collect them, and send them, and um. And uh, if you ask them to, which I would, you know, you want to, you know, pare it down to a top five or so and then um, have them review and, and have your president committee or your president, however you're doing it, to uh, vet those uh, candidates and, you know, and, and rank them and go with the person, you know, ultimately. But 18 uh, person committee, I, I just wonder what the timeline is for them to make this decision, to be honest. And what the process will look like. In the past, I think the process was, you know, you pair it down to 16 or so, 16 to 20, and then it gets down to six or eight for interviews, maybe. And then I think the final three, uh, you know, meet with the executive leadership, and, and instead of ranking those final three, you kind of choose out of those three. I'm already on record. I hate the the committee process. The good people, let me say this now, they're good people on the committee and their intentions are are, are well-being. Some of these people have been on previous committees. Quite a few of them have been on previous AD search committees. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what I would say is this. Just because you have a role in an organization or you have a title, don't make you the best person to hire an AD. All right? There's no battle with athletic administration experience that, that I saw on the committee. You didn't have none of your revenue generating sports represented. 
I understand, you know, for time and nine purposes, having mm. Olympic Olympic representation, but you got to have your money makers at the table, at least one of them. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just saying, just like I, I mentioned about on paper, uh, our our pre previous AD was a bad hire, and some of the things that have come out about about that points to why that was a bad hire. Well, this committee and how it's structured and the whole idea of it is not structured for success. That's my opinion. No, I, I agree. Uh, so this came out on Monday morning. So obviously this is just 48 hours, a little over 48 hours old. Um, Dr. Uh, Shanta Friday Stroud, the vice president. You're not going to read all 18 State. names, are you? I, what I will do. You're not going to read no, no 18 no, names. No. Please I, don't read but, the 18 okay. names. Can I can I finish for a second? I'm not gonna read all eight. I wasn't oh gonna my break God, down. That's gonna drive me nuts. I got ADD, man. You cannot sit up there and read them during eighteen days. But well, here's the importance of looking at. Uh, can I can I at least say? Look, here's what happened though, Coach. We gotta admit what happened though. The man, the man. We know chose, what happened. No, the, but some people don't know. We know, but the people that we're talking to don't know. So we gotta tell them. We gotta educate them. Most of the people on this, tell me if I'm wrong, Kelvin, when you look at this list, they all at some point have an interaction with the athletic department, do they not? You've got the boosters, you've got student government, board of trustees, um, student affairs, 220 quarterback club, um, the national alumni, the foundation board, alumni faculty, I mean, uh, the Rattler F club, the Senate representation. The foundation, I mean, am I, is there, am I missing anybody on here who does not have an interaction with the AD? The band. Ooh, there you go. Well, uh, I don't know too many AD searches that have a representation for the for band members. Just like I don't know too many no, band just, searches it, it, the whole, that the have a... The didn't make no sense, no way. The committee have an AD on it anyway. He asked, he but asked about you know who would know who wasn't represented. It. I was just saying the band wasn't represented since they got you know people from the 220 club, the F club, the the YPWW club, the the willing the workers, the fried chicken club. I mean, we got all these Look, people I, up I, there on the Dern committee, and none of them have any experience really in running athletics. You know, and uh, I, I want to slow down again because I'll end up saying something that's that I really shouldn't say. But right. let me let me just say this. Again, um, you know, this speaks to Dr. Robinson's lack of attention and dedication to FAMU athletics. It is the reason why we don't really have a consistent uh uh, consistent growth, consistent championships. Our facilities have been dilapidated under his leadership. Had it not been for COVID, everything about our facilities would probably be in the same spot. Seriously. Okay. Had it not been for COVID and uh, uh, A.D. Gosey had that time and that extra bit of uh, resources that weren't going to travel in XYZ, our facilities would have remained decrepit. 
ridiculously bad, and it's largely because of the leadership. They had, bro, they were about to shut down Bragg Stadium. Yep. About to shut it down. FAMU Athletics is one of the pillars of the institution. Just like SBI, just like the band, just like pharmacy. Is it? All of those things. They don't things. act like it. They what? don't act like it. They don't act like it. You called it one of the pillars. It doesn't, it, no, one, no one acts like it is. It's in the darn alma mater. It's just President Larry Robinson and his approach to this that has left us uh you know just let us astray man just he need to get out the way i'm ready I, for him to go look i, I i'm up. not gonna wait i'm not gonna plant a flag and die on the hill for larry for dr robinson uh but there have been other presidents before dr robinson and there have been other athletic directors under those other presidents and so you know we you you call that one of the pillars of our university which it should be but it has not been it treated that be. way so the, but the bigger question is, we have to start asking, why has it not been? Since Dr. Humphreys, why has it not been one of the pillars of our university? Now, I don't know if we want, you know, don't, I'm saying don't go off on conspiracy theories here, but it's a question that we really should ask why it is not one of the pillars. Do, as do, you, you, really do you really want to answer? Let's sure. go. I, mean, I wouldn't ask why, I wouldn't the, ask why if I didn't answer, want an answer. The answer is is us. We have allowed alumni, supporters, etc. We have allowed and disassociated ourselves from the process so much that we say you got a person who's the president, you got a board, and you got an AD, and we're gonna let them do their job. Well, separating yourself from that whole process when there's no vision being given there's no capital campaign or fundraising no resources being put into that then you get what we have been over the last 20 years which is a lack of a consistent championship team with multiple ncaa violations uh, and most of them dealing with because we don't have the resources we didn't have the people in place to do the things that we needed to run a Division One athletic program. So the issue is is us, right? We want to blame the president. We keep turning over ADs. We keep turning over. We blame the the, 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 the Tallahassee Mafia. We, we come up with all kind of foolishness, right? And that's what that is. That is foolishness. The problem is, is that we get with our different cliques. I know, Kofi, I, I ain't want to get you started, but I got to go here. You got these different cliques, whether you're affiliated with this or – you're friends with this person or, you know, and all this other stuff that don't matter. And you work against the greater good of the department and you let things happen to good people for no reason. And people who actually putting putting this thing together, holding it together. And then you want to say, on, you know, man. well, you know, why? Why this and why that? Why? Because it's us. We're the problem. And we're the solution. So I'm interested to see what Rally Nation is going to do. They've been crying and crying about someone who wasn't even a Rattler who'd been here less than two and a half years getting out of here and, uh, and uh, got a, leaving a trail of, of, of mess. At the end of the day, he's leaving a trail of mess. All right? So, so, you know, it is what it is as far as I'm concerned. 
He broke. He wasn't following policy procedures. He didn't follow the you know the, the procurement laws. He got NCAA violations. You know, I mean, you you name it. <laughs> it it's on. Messy. It's on the platter. It, it's on the platter. Yeah, beans, he wasn't, yeah. greens, so, so. potatoes, tomatoes. Look for real. <laughs> <laughs> you name it. <laughs> right. Beans, greens, tomatoes. Look. On the, on the real, though, and I'm in agreement with Kelvin on this, this is why we have to be outspoken and really involved at this time. Um, a, we should be outraged that he had the nerve and audacity to pick 18 people to be on there, that 18 people should be speaking out, that they should, that like, why in the world do we have 18 people on the committee? They should be outraged. But more importantly, we need to center ourselves and prepare ourselves for the bigger picture, okay? What is the bigger picture? Well, guess what? This is an election year. So while we're out here majoring in minor issues, we really need What happened? Did we lose him, sniped him? Snap. Oh, sniped he got sniped. Sniped. Yeah. Sniped yeah. him. Um, well, that might be a good time for us to take a breather and take a break. Uh, I want to remind everybody watching us on uh, YouTube and Facebook, go over to Twitter during the break, twitter.com slash ONG strike zone and vote. Let us know your votes. Do you agree with Dr. Robinson's decision to name 18 people to a committee in search of a new athletic director? And then tell us, is that 18 person committee too many, not enough, or just right. I'd actually end up voting something. We've got people voting not enough. That's scary uh, that you that someone thinks it's not enough. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. I, But <laughs> the people, the people, us, Kelvin, as you said, us. Us. <laughs> Maybe it's were, us. Us. It's us. All right, what are you going to do? Uh, that, good Lord. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. Are you ready? 
It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fennoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fennoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Don't worry, Ma. We'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside. I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. All right, welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi. I want to let everybody know you can donate to the ONG Strike Zone. Be a part of what we are building, what we are doing right there. You see that little QR code on our main screen. Uh, You can uh, go to that QR code uh, and uh, make a a donation, contribution to the the ONG Strike Zone. I also posted a link on the uh, YouTube chat. You can also go to Twitter. ONG Strike Zone and pinned to our profile page is also a link there to make a donation. The uh, poll that's running right now on our Twitter feed, again, do you agree with Dr. Robinson's decision to name 18 people to a committee in search of a new athletic director, as well as is 18 people on a search committee too many, not enough, or just right? Those are just the first two polls we got up uh, about halfway through the show we'll kind of let you know where we stand on the votes thus far 
Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure you hit that like button. You know, that's the first thing. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up there. Make sure you have subscribed to our YouTube page. And if you're on Facebook, uh, go ahead and hit us up there. I know I see Chuck Hunt over there on Facebook. So uh, anybody else watching us on our Facebook page, go ahead and hit that uh, thumbs up as well. Shout out to a few people I'm seeing here on YouTube. Mary305, Tamara T., uh, always there. Dim Boys, Will Davis coming in. Jay Bubba uh, in there. Uh, hey, I got uh, Josh Padilla. What up, Mr. Josh? Got him in there checking out the ONG. The Blue Bloods. Blue came in. Good to see you, Boo. Uh, Blue. Uh, Boo. Blue. Uh, Blue. <laughs> uh, Marcus Green, uh, our, uh, our good friend, our recruiting expert, uh, coming in, chiming in. A lot of other people. Keith Alford. Uh, Stephen Campbell in the house, Daryl Smith. Uh, we'll give everyone an opportunity to call in at the top of hour two, share your thoughts on what's going on. But we wanted to make sure to hit up a little bit of the roundup. You know, we we talk about all things, uh, not only athletics and culture, but also we got to make sure we get some love to our teams right now. And our baseball team is on fire. Five wins in a row today with the 5-0 win that, was that yesterday or today? That was today. Today. Yes. Today, today. with the big win uh, over Jacksonville University up in Jacksonville. Uh, the boys got a 5-0 uh, win on the road. That's a big win. Uh, pitcher Sean Host comes up with the win uh, in the contest. And let's see. I'm trying to see how many innings he went. So it was one of those uh, multi-pitcher days where he actually got the first three uh, three, four, five other pitchers came in to combine for the shutout. We only gave up five hits in the contest. Um, five runs scored, two runs in the second, a run in the fourth, a run in the fifth, a run in the sixth as well. Um, home runs, it looks like, was hit by LJ Bryant. Got a home run. And uh, if I'm just looking here, uh, everything else was off of singles or wild pitches. So uh, shout out to the boys for winning their fifth in a row. And that comes on the heels of the three-game series sweep against Mississippi Valley State, where we pretty much were putting football scores up on them, I think. 16-5 to on Friday, 17-6 to on Saturday, 11-6 to on Sunday. And then, of course, but what we got to talk about, guys, was the, with the, 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 bats, the bat work by none other than Mr. Ethan Jenkins. Um, who, if I'm not mistaken, hit five home five. runs. He actually hit five in a row, five at bats. Yeah. The first game, first game, he hit four. He was, I believe, he was four for four, all home runs. And then the first at bat in the second game, which was Saturday, he hits a home run. So that's five straight appearances. Uh, so an awesome job. He was just named SWAC Hitter of the Week. Um, during the series, uh, they only mentioned, uh, the, well, the first game where he hit four home runs and six RBIs, but, uh, no, he, in total, he had five home runs, seven RBIs for the series. He batted 600. So shout out to, uh, Ethan Jenkins. We are now with a record of 22, 22 23. and 20, 
22 and 23. And what do you know, Kelvin? We got a big series coming up this weekend. What do you what are your thoughts on our on our baseball guys right now? Well, we 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 seem to be um heading in the right direction. Uh we're one game under 500. We're one game essentially out of uh first place in the Swag East. And who do we have? The number one team ahead of us coming to our place to uh for a three game match this uh weekend with Alabama State. So this is an opportunity to get over 500 as well as uh take first place in the Swag East. And we we only ha- I think we have Jackson State and Bethune after this series so we only have six more total of nine more time nine games Swag games left. So, you know, how we finish is going to be important in terms of our seeding in the in the, in the uh tournament. If I go off of just, I'm looking at the conference schedule right now. We are, you mentioned Alabama State is 16-4, leading the East. We are at 15-6. and six. So uh, that's a game and a half behind. Uh, I, I, it looks like Alabama State probably has some makeup games to play somewhere along the line, I would imagine. But Prairie View is 17-4. and four. So, you know, really... We're two games out of the number one overall spot. You know, I don't I don't think that's how the SWAC tournament does it. I think they do, you know, Divisions. East one, West one, yeah. divisions. Right. So, but uh, but still, you know, if we can put put it like this, if we can put the two of the east over there with the one from the west, that would be the ideal spot to be in. Not, you know, just saying, right? Absolutely. Um, Kofi. Kofi, you want to jump in? Any thoughts there on baseball from what we're seeing? Well, absolutely, man. I think that it's the, you know, like I said, my my thoughts are always pointing towards the tournament. And uh, you don't want to peak too soon, but they, they appear to be gelling at the right time. And just like with any team, confidence is everything. So they're going to be confident going into this series against Alabama State. It's going to be a hard-fought series. And they're playing well. There's no reason why we shouldn't be in position to win it. So let's go Rattlers. Let's get this done. Yeah, it's uh, Friday, 5 p.m. first pitch. Saturday is 2 p.m. Sunday is 1 p.m. Um, you know, that they the Alabama State's been a bit of a bugaboo for us this season, but it's a we're in a we're in a good place. I think this is a a much different team than we were back at the beginning of the year and even at the beginning of the conference schedule when we played these guys. Um, So uh, I'm really liking where we stand right now. Um, Anything else regarding baseball that I, that I, that I may have failed to talk about or, you know, before we, before we jump over to our ladies in the softball. No, I think we covered everything. Just make sure we have a good crowd that comes out uh, for this, uh, this um weekend's um matchup uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure if i'm gonna be able to make it because i've got a, a, another obligation but if but i sunday i i plan to make it to the sunday game if, if they if nothing happens right all right all right uh as it relates for our our softball team um softball did qualify for the swack softball tournament which will be held May 10th through the 13th. So 
That is uh, next weekend in Gulfport, Mississippi. Regular season came to an end. Uh, unfortunately, had a pair of losses on the last day in the doubleheader against Alabama State, uh, two to ten and two to eight. But we did get a win on Friday, and I think that had, I think we had clinched it going into the uh, series this weekend, didn't we? we uh, Friday was the, Friday, that Friday win was the actual was the actual clincher. Okay, okay, good deal, good deal. That was. That was the clincher. So if I look at our standings right now, and this is what I'll be curious to see how the SWAC decides seeding uh, three teams in the East finished with a 12-12 and conference record, uh, Jackson State, Alabama State, and FAMU. Uh, now, if you were to go off of the way they're listed on the table on the website, which I don't know if that's the accurate, uh, you go over to overall wins, we are – third in the East based on overall wins, but I, I don't, don't quote me on that being accurate, you know, and that's how they do things. You know what I'm saying? I, I will have to kind of look into, look into that. Uh, but Thune Cookman ended up winning the East overall uh, conference record of 17 and seven uh, Texas Southern who they've won 10 games in a row. Uh, matter of fact, it's just been a murderer's row over there on the West between the top four teams Texas Southern, their record is 21-3. and three. They've won 10 in a row. Prairie View has won five in a row. They're 16-8 and eight in conference. Then you have Grambling and Southern, who've won three and four, respectively. They are 11-13. and 13. So, you know, we did make the eight. Uh, we won't be the eight or seven seed. Who knows? We could be... We could be as high as four or five. I, you know, I don't know. You know, that'll be interesting to see how it breaks down. We could be four or five. Well, maybe we'll have some clarification uh, for next week's show. Um, anything? You know, uh, you, any, I, I'm you sorry. Know, go I was ahead, just going to say, no, nah, just I hate the darn seating thing because to me, it really doesn't matter all that much. I think, uh, you know, obviously, um, because in a tournament, you have to beat everybody anyway. I think you just want to be playing your very best ball at that particular time and, and get it done. Um, if we're fifth, if we're sixth, if we're third, if we're second, um, you know, whoever's first, everybody's going to be motivated to kill them anyway. So it's kind of like, you know, you're there. If we're in there, I feel like our chances are good. Um to win the tournament. We know how to play it, and Coach Shoot knows how to coach it. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward uh, to this tournament, and I like our chances, and I'm looking forward to uh, the Rattlers bringing home this W. Let's go. All right. All right. Uh, we should also make mention that this weekend, the SWAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships will be taking place uh, beginning tomorrow, tomorrow through Sunday at Prairie View A&M Track and Field Stadium in Prairie View, Texas. Uh, it's a three-day event. Apparently, if I saw on the SWAC website correctly, uh, the SWAC Digital Network will be airing May 7th at 1 o'clock. I'm assuming that it was the finals. On the 7th is a Saturday. 
So I got to imagine that'll be probably the day for the finals. I don't know if that's men, women's, or which events don't quite have the full schedule here. But um, our men and women are traveling uh, just to sort of, you know, if you take a look at what we did in the indoor championships, FAMU claimed seven podium finishes in the 2022 indoor meet. Uh, the women placed fourth overall, the men ninth. Uh, we won, we had a young lady, Rachel Robertson, won the high jump, and Kiara Ivy won the pole vote. Robertson finished second in the triple jump. In the 400, uh, Ajani Williams finished third. Uh, Jalen Scott finished third in the 400 as well. Uh, our 4 by 400 men's team, Jalen Scott, Ralph Goodman, Curtis Thomas, Samuel Gardner finished third. Uh, so those are just some of the names to see, you know, can, can, they, uh, can they have good performances in the uh in the outdoor uh venue as well and 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 we we we've talked about this before we got to get back to that point where we are the elite and i know it's a lot of people a lot of fast people in the swag but as kofi you said many times we're in florida right we should we should be able to we should be able to put up some numbers i mean it it you know i don't know so 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 let me jump in all right Please, please. First, we, first we, we got to get a coach for both teams, right? We got to have a director of a track program, and we got to have a coach. Right now, uh, I think we've got a assistant guy who's going to be leading the team at the Sweat Championships, Jonathan Butler, uh, uh, the coach that was there. I'm not sure what's the status uh, with everything, you know, that came out with the whole Courtney thing and so forth, but so – we got to get leadership in that area um, first and foremost. And, um, but, but kids have been working hard. I wish them the best. I'm sure we'll get a couple of really good performances. Uh, um, But um, we, we, we just got some work to do with that particular program. Hmm. Right. Right. And, and let's be clear. Jonathan Butler, um, because obviously mentioned in the article was another Butler uh, who is not the, not the coach. So we, we, sh- we should sort of clarify that for, for Correct. people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else regarding the uh, teams on the field of play that we should bring up? Did I miss any sports. We forget any sport. Golf, golf, golf. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. What you what do you what do you have? I mean, I can quickly go to golf unless you've got it already pulled up. They uh competed in a PGA tournament. It was their last tournament of the year since they didn't win the SWAC. Uh, they first day they shot pretty well and um uh, was in third place, only four four strokes behind the leader. They had the opportunity to make a move, but they didn't. Uh, the last two days they didn't perform as well as they did the first day, so they did opposite of what they did in the SWAT championship. And they ended, mm-hmm. ended up in fifth place at that minority tournament up in Philly. Uh, I think it was uh, it included Division two schools and um, me at SWAT schools and et cetera, uh, all HBCUs. But uh, but yeah, we finished fifth in that tournament, and it concluded the day. Yeah, 
the PGA Works Collegiate Championship in uh, Philadelphia. So uh, we finished fifth overall, 15 strokes behind Howard, who was in first place. Uh, of course, Howard, that program, of course, we know kind of came about. Uh, well, I don't know if they've always been there, but that, that's the program being funded by uh, Steph Curry, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, but I mean, overall, when you look at the at the golf season, those guys have been right in that upper tier, third, fourth in many tournaments, and a lot of those guys are young. So freshmen. That that a lot of freshmen. So that is a positive sign for that group going into next year. They should be a favorite to finish first and second in a few. Uh, in a few races or a few contest matches going into next year. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break from the roundup, come back, get into some more hot topics. As we, uh, we come back, we'll, we'll address some of our Rattlers who have uh, had their opportunities in the NFL draft and the after effects of that weekend. One of our stars, one of our star players has uh, put their name in the transfer portal, drawing lots of attention. And, uh, may, or, you know, I'll be curious to find. I'll put another poll out. Do you think – why do you think that happened? That'll be the big question. I ask, I'm asking a lot of whys these days. So we want to know, uh, why, why did that happen? So there's a Twitter poll that will be coming up in just a second. So you guys make sure to go check that out. Um Yeah, so let's take a break, come back. You're watching OG Strike Zone. We'll be back in a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Yeah. 
music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit-smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loop machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. Welcome back to the OG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi. Um, lots of good chatter on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Got a couple of, uh, or I'm sorry, on our YouTube and Facebook feeds. Uh, you guys on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button on that feed if you would as you're watching the show. Same thing for the folks watching us on Facebook. Two Twitter polls that we just put up a couple of new polls we'll talk about here in a moment. But if you go to our Twitter feed, we've got some polls up. We'd love to hear 
your reaction to um, to our polls. Um, we asked earlier in the show as we were talking about the 18-member selection committee that Dr. Robinson has set forth to name the next university athletic director. Can you imagine if everybody comes up with a name? I just want you to think about that for a second. Anyway, do you agree with Dr. Robinson's decision to name 18 people to a committee in search of an athletic director? Simple yes or no. And then is 18 people on a search committee? Three options here. Too many, not enough, or just right. Um, we Number 18, for me, I love the number 18. My favorite quarterback, my quarterback, my hometown quarterback wore number 18. Uh, Banana you know, head any, Peyton any, Manning? Yeah, wore number 18. The sheriff <laughs> wore number 18. Any uh, any significant number 18s you can think of there, Kofi? Well, 18, uh, I don't know, bro, to be honest. I don't know uh, too many athletes that had the number 18. Um, you know, let me see something real quick. But uh, – Nothing really comes to mind right off, right off key. Give me one second right here. But I can tell you this, 18 people is too much for that committee. Uh, I think that it's just ridiculous and absurd to have that many people. That's not going to even take the time to meet. And I want to know what the timeline is going to be behind this because that's really what's key. I don't think we should be able to go. We should go into the fall without knowing who the AD is. I think that that would be, that's ridiculous. I think the start of the new school year, which is what, July 1? Uh, right. We should have a new AD in place by July 1, in my personal opinion. Uh, Calvin, any any other uh, famous athletes you can think of that wore the number 18? No. No. <laughs> number 18. <laughs> The only significance with 18 is that you're able to vote. <laughs> and and Stop. go off the war, apparently. You can go off the war and uh, you can join the Woo! Army and shoot a gun. Yeah. Hey, listen. So yes, I'm let me give you the biblical meaning of the number 18. Okay, let's preach. Here we go. Watch out. Let's go. Come, come on, Mel. Mel, you got to follow this up, Mel. Follow it up, Mel. Our producer. The significance ahead, of the number 18 in the Bible from well, its symbolic meaning, its symbolic meaning is bondage. Well, I agree. <laughs> After taking possession of the promised land, the children of Israel were in bondage to several nations and people before Saul was made king. Two of the people, two of their enemies, the Eglon Moabite king and the Philistines, oppressed them for 18 years. God freed the Israelites from Eglon through Ehud, who would become one of Israel's... Okay, daughters. okay, okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you sound like, you sound like, hey, you sounded like an omen now. <laughs> yeah. Bondage. I like I like minutes. Hold on, I like, I like, see, I took notes. I, I know Mel doesn't want our producer. She was breaking us, she was educating us on the number 18 and the uh, one and the eight. So I hope I don't get this too wrong. Uh, but there is some, there is some, 
astrological and even some spiritual bondage. I don't know about bondage. I don't know which book. I don't know which book that is. Which book that came out of? Which book that come out of? There's a lot of different came books out in the Bible. Exodus. Exodus. <laughs> uh, the number. I can't even do this right, Kelvin. I'm gonna mess this up. And then I'm. And then Mel will never talk up. to me. Go ahead, mess <laughs> oh, it up, man. Go ahead. No, no. I'm gonna go back to the site that I was reading, though, because uh, I was looking. I was saying, you know, what is there a significance in meaning of the number eighteen? You know, is there a is there? I came across something about a, a angel number 18 angel number 18 i don't know what angel number 18 is okay but demonic uh, the manifestation of angel number 18 promises that you are becoming more prosperous by the day and you are leading a fantastic life right now this requires prompt and right decisions followed by necessary actions and you should be ready to transform yourself for the new life. So I don't know. Maybe Dr. Robinson's into numbers. I don't know. Maybe he's in, maybe he's seen something about the number 18. Stop, stop and it. He stop said, it. Stop it, bro. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, what, yeah, what do you yeah, want? Yeah. I'm just looking for meaning behind the number 18. I want you to stop. I want you to stop in that foolishness. Talking about. Yeah, stop with that. Jeremiah right. Clark. Jeremiah Clark, I appreciate you. My 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 early childhood favorite player, number eighteen, Daryl Strawberry. Thank you. So I don't see for me eighteen has some significance. I grew up a Daryl Strawberry fan. Then number eighteen, Sheriff Peyton Manning came to my city and led my team to a Super Bowl. So the number eighteen, I, a lot of significance for me. Again, I don't think it's right for a committee, but it's got a lot of significance in other places though. Okay. I just thought I'd put that out to you. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um let's uh let's talk about let's talk about our uh our FAMU rattlers that uh that are off to the uh NFL uh over the weekend the NFL draft took place. Uh only four HBCU players. Only four HBCU players were actually drafted, which was, hey, look, four times the improvement over the last two years, right? There was only one player chosen in the last two seasons. So you had four players chosen. And I look, we, we put it out there. We kind of thought the number might be somewhere about four and a half. So would it be over four or under four? Um, or I should say four and a half. So either it'd be four or less or five or more, rather. And uh, the fifth guy that many people thought it would have been um, uh, would have been Marquise Bell, but it was not. Uh, but he did end up signing a free agent contract with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And Savion Williams even signed a free agent, undrafted free agent contract with the New York Jets. Uh, Forbes, I believe, got an invite, a mini. Uh, mini camp right. invite to the Seahawks. And so just to let people know the way, if you're not familiar with the process and uh, I got to give a shout out to BJ Jones for schooling me on this, uh, obviously uh, on our Sunday show that we do, um, you obviously, you have the players who are drafted uh, who have the, 
you know, uh, opportunities, the invites directly to camp, they get paid if they make the team, blah, blah, blah. Then you have your undrafted free agents. Now, they can sign. They're already, as long as things work out, they're a part of the preseason camp numbers with a shot to make the team, but they're receiving a salary, so on and so forth. That's where Marquise and Savion fall in. Then you have the rookie mini camp, the mini camp invites, where Keenan Forbes and maybe some other guys will get an opportunity to fall into. They get invited to try out. So essentially, even guys like uh, Aquil Glass, a quarterback from Alabama A&M, two-time Black College Player of the Year, he's going to the Bucks for a tryout to be on the uh, 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 camp, to be in mini camp. So it's like, hey, you're going into camp with a, a tryout opportunity. Yes. So that's how that works. So, you know, Keenan will go to Seattle. Look, Seattle needs some offensive line help for sure. But as you look at this draft process over the weekend, what are your thoughts? Uh, we'll, we'll go Kofi first and then come to you, Kelvin. What are your thoughts, Kofi, on the 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 draft results and uh, the number of HBCU players? And I'll pull up those numbers while you're talking. Um, you know, it was average numbers. It wasn't anything that was absolutely amazing. Obviously, being a uh, FAMU and just disappointed that uh, Marquise Bell didn't get uh, drafted, but he did sign a nice contract, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, so from that standpoint, it's been on par with, I want to say, previous years, but I look for this number to increase in the years to come. Uh, the one that was really shocking, the one I'm waiting to sign is Collier. Um, unfortunately, he hadn't signed with anybody yet, but I'm looking to see uh, if that's going to happen because I think that he should get an opportunity somewhere. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin. I saw where uh, I believe uh, someone posted the, the Canadian um, draft is, is coming up, CFL or something, someone too, so. We, we'll probably see some more there. But in terms of the NFL draft, um, it was right about where I expected. Um, the one that we didn't anticipate but should have was, again, was Marquise. And you can tell by the contract that the Dallas Cowboys gave him that um, they think highly of him and and uh, expect him to make the squad, actually, and compete. Um, you know, sometimes with this whole draft process, there, there are things that are have nothing to do with your production or your own field activities that are the difference between you getting drafted and not drafted. So, um, you know, when you, particularly when you're not at a power five. So, you know, I, I think he has a really good chance not only to make that team, but to be a contributor this year. He's, he's that guy. He's the real deal. So, so I, I think it worked out better for him because, to me, if you're not drafted like in the first four or five rounds to a team that really, you know, have you high on a draft board, I think it's better to go be a undrafted free agent and go to a team that really wants you and um, fits your particular skill set. Uh, so you got a better chance. To me, you have a better chance um, of actually making the squad that way. Um, so I, I think he, he landed in a real good spot. He already had went to the Cowboys prior to the draft 
you know, they they invited him. So, and I, again, they gave him over two hundred grand and a fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars signing bonus. So that tells you what they think of him. Um, in terms of uh, numbers overall, I think it was twenty FCS, around twenty FCS um, uh, players that got drafted. Four of them were from HBCUs. You had a couple of uh, um, folks that were drafted in the couple, the first couple of rounds from FCS. So you can get drafted in the first round from FCS. This is not nothing unusual or new. I do think that what it tells me is that HBCUs have, still have to play tougher out of conference competition, and they have to they have to win those games. They have to be successful, um, and that will go a long way in helping. I think the perception of the talent that that is playing and and who we playing against. I don't think there's a perception about talent as much as who we playing against is is the is the perception. So so we need to tackle that so that not only do we have good players but we beat good teams with good coaches also. Yeah, um great point because to add to that point about you know, that was one of the guys who got drafted, uh, whether it be James Houston, um, Jatiri Carter, uh, Kobe Durant, Joshua Williams, for a couple of those guys, when they reference, you know, those guys, they go to their performance against upper level competition. Kobe Durant, what he did against Clemson when South Carolina State played, um, you know, Jatiri Carter, you know, and, and talking to uh, uh, Brandon B.J. Jones, you know, B.J. just thought, you know, Jatiri is just one of those dudes. He's just an offensive, uh, off, just a nasty offensive lineman. He's consistent was the word he used, that he just consistently, whether it was against Troy, whether it was against uh, what other upper level team did uh, Southern play, Um or whether it was against Mississippi Valley State, he was he was nasty in all of those games. So he was consistent. Um, uh, Joshua Williams just happens to be athletically a freak at six two, uh, whatever he is, and he he's just one of those blessed guys. And uh, and then of course Houston came from Florida, but he had his best season with Jackson State. So. You know, the one thing that was brought up about Bell is that he probably had a better 2019 year than 2021. And, you know, um, I I even had a scouts report that had Marquise ranked as the number 10 or 11 combo safety. So, I mean, we we all thought highly of Marquise because we've seen it. But in terms of what the scouts were looking at from this past season – they weren't seeing the same as if he had come out in 2019, 2020, obviously. I mean, and then, and, and, you know, so, but anyway, Bell signed a uh, contract uh, from the Dallas Cowboys between 200,000 and 215,000 guaranteed with the $15,000 signing bonus. So as you said, that's the kind of deal that look, they, the Cowboys got all, got away from not drafting him because if they would have drafted him, in the seventh round and you can all the, all these salaries are they're they're on paper. Uh, so, you know, he would have made probably in a ballpark of three, 4 million over the course of three to four years. And he, what been signed by, had he actually been drafted? Yeah. 
So the Cowboys got off cheap. But for Bell, the advantage is he gets this year. It's a one-year deal. And if he has a great year, you're able to go in and maybe negotiate a little bit more going into. So the opportunities for him are plenty. Um, I I wanted to add for you guys, because you guys brought this up, the number of players uh, outside of the four HBCU players selected, uh, eight players were signed as undrafted free agents. That is the most since 2015 and the fourth best in the last 25 years. So progress is being being made. And with the CFL draft, <laughs> excuse me, with the CFL draft coming up, you have obviously the USFL, you've got another professional league, there are opportunities that are coming into play. Now, the the downside of maybe no FAMU players being drafted on Monday was the, the last day that the transfer portal was open to athletes, student athletes, for them to be eligible for the fall season. And of course... Uh, actually, unexpected. I shouldn't say of course, but unexpectedly, Isaiah Land put his name in the transfer portal. And for many people, it was it was shocking to say the least, because of the fact <clears throat> because of the fact that I think this had already been flirted about before, had it not? Wasn't there already a previous flirtation with the with the uh, transfer portal that uh, Land had uh, said said no? Well, back in December, there were some coaches uh, that he that that you know associated with him from back in Georgia that were reaching out to him on behalf of somebody to get him to transfer from FAMU. And at that time, and you know, he made a statement because you know it was kind of running into some circles that uh you know that he, he loved FAMU and FAMU gave him the opportunity and made him what he is. So uh, he you know. He was he was he was committed to Rattler Nation. So, so now I don't blame the young man. You know, um, I knew that Pandora's box would open once he uh, put his name in that hat. You know, six four edge rushers who who got twenty some tackles for losses and about twenty sacks in one season, and um, did it against uh, some FBS competition. Also, uh, you know. In a season like this, you know, with a transfer reporter, you're going to be in demand. And I looked at uh, something that was posted, right, about who's uh, reached out and offered since, you know, his name been put in there. Auburn, Kentucky, Georgia, LSU, Texas, Memphis, UCL. This is something that supposedly is on his IG about offers he's getting. So my only comment is, you know, we love you. We appreciate you. You're a rattler always. Come on home if if, if, you, if that's your decision. Uh, but I do understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know on Twitter, we got a couple. Yeah, we got, uh, you can go to Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash ONG Strike Zone. Got a couple of other polls up for you. You guys who are watching us. Uh, why do you think Isaiah Land entered his name into the transfer portal? Uh, three choices there. FBS opportunities with a power five. 
could it be that fact that no FAMU players drafted? Or how about just flat out the NIL money from FBS? I mean, there's the there's the story about the kid from Pitt who was his quarterback, what, his his quarterback from Pitt got drafted, right? Uh, in the first round. <clears throat> he's supposed to be the best player, best receiver, and he's off, he's going up to uh what, uh USC? I think he's transferring to USC, supposedly based off a lot of NIL money. So let's not put it past these power five schools who have their stuff together as it relates to this NIL and these collectives and such. And there might be some deals out there for Isaiah. Uh, And then flat out with another poll, will Isaiah land return to FAMU? Yes. No flat out. You let us know. You think he's coming back? He said he he said he will not go to another FCS or HBCU. So if he's coming back, he's coming back to FAMU, not transferring to another HBCU. But, of course, when you make that statement, it just opens the door and says, well, we're competing with 130 other schools uh, on the FBS level. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Isaiah Land Kofi and his future? Well, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm going to be selfish. I was disappointed. Um, you know, and for me, you know, with all of the statements and the things that he put out there uh, in regards and support, he's been one of FAMU's biggest advocates, uh, the program's biggest advocates. And so to turn around and then have this happen, um, I was kind of caught off guard by it. Um, but I'm not totally shocked just understanding the nature of the business, especially, um, you know, after Marquise did not uh, get drafted, you know, it made it seem like anybody with the University of Georgia logo, basically that played defense got drafted, like just about all the guys, the backups, the, the starters, the third team. If you had a G on your helmet. Even the guys who transferred. You, like a guy from Jackson, yeah. from, from Florida State who came from Georgia, yeah. Right. So, you know, you have the, you have that legacy and stuff, but, you know, he has an opportunity to make history at Florida a University as well. So, if, you know, if you're good enough, you know, uh, they're going to come looking for you. Just like the, the, the other schools are coming to look for you, the NFL teams are going to come look for you, and then you can go out there and make your money. I, 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 I'm praying that he comes back because, I, I mean, the things that I saw in the spring was that this defense that FAMU has is going to be even more explosive, and that was without Isaiah Land out there. That was without, um, I think, uh, what's Gentle Hunt out there as well. So we were missing some people, and the, the defense just looked way faster, and that was even without some of the transfers that are coming in. So, woo, this is, this is going to be know, an amazing year for our defense. It, it, this would be great for him to come on back and, and finish it up. And the, the, the other thing is that there's no guarantees. Even if you go to these other know. schools, there's no guarantees that the playing time is going to be there and just, you know, there's so many other little factors. Even if you stay at FAM, it's no guarantee. You know what I'm saying? So you just have to play your cards right and make it happen. Well, I'm, and, uh, I'm, I'm, Brian, 
Brian, just Go real ahead. quick, yeah. to piggyback off what COVID is mentioning, that's there is risk involved in trying deciding if you did, if he did decide to go elsewhere you got to have the right fit you know you know you don't know if you're going to be featured um you, you know you got to worry about the schemes and so forth the 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 supposedly increasing talent level uh will you will you be as competitive um you know and, and, and will you be you know at FAMU he knows he's going to be featured. He knows the scheme is going to be there. He's going to have an opportunity to put up big numbers. And, and we have a pretty competitive schedule. You starting off the this season with North University of North Carolina, and and uh, which is a FBS program in ACC Power Five, and then you got right there Jackson State. So, so, so you know, um, you know, for him to be featured, he don't have to go anywhere. To me, what it really comes down to probably is going to be. What kind of money been thrown at him? Being honest, it's amazing. Isaiah Lamb. Uh, I'm just looking at the he who was as you know. I, I hate to say this. Um, we we all know his story. He was not a star guy coming out of high school at Grayson uh, Grayson High School. Okay. Um, I mean, one of one of probably one of the greatest finds by by Coach Simmons was bringing Isaiah Land into FAMU, right, and seeing their potential. And now I I look at the on three dot com transfer database. Isaiah Land listed as number one edge rusher, four star rating, ninety five. I mean, that's what he did. At FAMU, you know what I'm saying. You mean that? You I agree with Dion. You mean to tell me you you're not going to get drafted? I, I you know I I know the money. I don't look. They haven't. Had, I don't see he has. Look, there's an NIL value column. When have you seen that? There's an NIL value column. The guy behind him made 29k. The guy behind that guy, Jared Ivey, who used to be at Georgia Tech, he made 15K. There are guys on this list making 37, 27. I'm just going off numbers, 20,000. What are we talking about? So, yeah, I understand why, why Isaiah Land might be putting his name in the portal and seeing there's no number here next to his name, but. I mean, look, if the guy behind you ranked number two, I he just put his name in the portal and jumped to number one. What's his value worth? And, and Georgia, now, you know, Georgia, a team that didn't want him, I hate to say it that way, maybe they did, I don't know, but he didn't go there. Georgia didn't see him. And I, I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's... uh. It's a tough spot. It's a tough spot to put these kids in. I mean, look, I love the freedom and the empowerment that they have. It is free agency. But uh, woo, we, we've got to – it just means that HBCUs, FAMU, we got a lot of problems in a lot of places, but it's about time to start. Do we need – I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get out, and we're going to go to break. I, I saw a school – and I tweeted this to you guys. I don't know if you saw the video. I'm not going to name the school. 
if you saw the video from a collective that was started to primarily focus on their basketball players at a school that has has a lot of pride in their basketball. They haven't won a national championship in about 30 years. And they are, they are creating a NIL collective basically on, on face, on YouTube, Twitter, wherever they can get a video feed, letting people know that, Hey, our collective, we want to connect you boosters, you alumni with, uh, businesses so that way what we can bring in money to help us compete with Kansas, Kentucky, uh, whoever else is out there throwing money and cash around left and right to get the top main guys because we got to get back to the top and and because that's what it is today. So where do you want to be? What side of history right now do you want to be on? Do you want to watch? And just hope that, you know, the loyalty and love is going to keep kids? Or do we want to get to the point of really being a part of the game that's being played? Would you put some soap in our bathroom? Let's, uh, let's take a break, open up the phone lines, hear your guys' thoughts on these topics and anything you want to tell us about. Go to Twitter, ONG Strike Zone, let us know. Uh, your votes or take vote on those Twitter polls. We'll give you some results coming up on the other half. We'll drop the number here as soon as we come out of the break. Stay tuned. Two minutes. We got phone calls. We want to hear from you, Rattler Nation. Let us know uh, what you think. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban Nerd Con Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. Don't worry, Ma, we'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangoes Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, I want to thank you guys for watching us uh, on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Make sure to get those likes up, get the thumbs up, thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed to the uh, to the uh, page there on uh, our Facebook and JBM page. Um, also, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Got some Twitter polls for you. So if you go to our page, you can also uh, take part in our Twitter poll. Got four of them up there, so we want to hear from you. And uh, also, we are taking donations now. You can donate to the OMG Strike Zone. Uh, that QR code, it should work. Now, if it doesn't scan, I'm not going to take the blame for that. We're going to blame technology. But you can get the the uh, link to donate uh, if you go to our Twitter page and look right at the top, the pin profile, the pin tweet rather of our on our profile page is the way you can donate. I will make sure to uh, share that again on Facebook and however ways, and we'll try to figure out a nice, clean way uh, to uh, to make your donation if you like to. Again, we've already had a few people. Donate to the show. Very appreciative of your your donations to what we do here. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Phone line. Here's the phone number. Again, call in. Get your comments in. Let us know where you're calling from. Give us your name. Give us your thought. Don't take forever. Uh, if you got a direct question, feel free to ask it, and we'll do the best we can. The number right there, 678-383-7623. Again, 678-383-7623 is only one line. So if you call and it's busy, well, it's busy. Uh, There's no like five lines on deck. And so, you know, a lot of, if it's busy, that means a lot of people are trying to call in, which is a good thing for us. That means you guys are out there paying attention and you're watching the show. And uh, we appreciate that. So uh, go ahead and get those numbers in. We want to hear from you, Rattler Nation. Of course, you can also continue to stay in the conversation on our Twitter and uh, Facebook feeds as well. Um, good good conversations going on there in the uh, chat rooms. 
uh, for our pages. Uh, let's see. I see uh, Lori Wilson in there. Rattler Nation's in there. G-Dub. Marcus Green still holding it out. Coming on to carrying on the conversations with people. In the meantime. Um, <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, Russell Hayes. Yeah. Uh Jeffrey Rumlin, Derek White, uh, any other names I'm coming across here? Um, some people that we already mentioned previously. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, any, uh, any, and then while we wait on the phone lines to open up, uh, let, let's kind of swing it forward, gentlemen, as we uh, as we look at this uh, NIL issue let's let's call it a topic i don't think it's an issue but let's call it a topic how do we get to a place where we can create that opportunity for for student athletes through a collective what what are your hello? thoughts there hello hello someone just dialed in oh. yeah i i didn't know i didn't hear the phone ring all right caller how you doing what's your name where are you calling from Hey guys, can you hear me? We can't hear yes. you. We can't hear you. What's, what's okay. your name? Where are you calling from? Marcus. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Dwayne from Jacksonville. Let's go, yeah, Dwayne. So you All said, right. Hey, what's up, hey guys, how y'all doing? What's happening? All right. Good. Hey, uh, the beat, y'all, Brian. You said you want to make it real quick, so I try to make it quick. Um, two things, right? The nil deals. <laughs> I. We can't compete with like the Division One teams, right? The SECs, you know, the ACCs. I want to say University of Florida. They have a club they're starting, and they're going to have like a, you know, to get in this club, you're going to have to put a million dollars in or something. So we're not going to compete with those cats. So, um, so I don't, I don't know how it's going to work for us. I've always been leery of this NIL thing. And I just thought this was a way for the um, big big teams to sep- really separate themselves from us, uh, even the lower Division One teams, because they have the money to do it. But then, too, um, and I'll just let you, I'll just take you, you, you guys' comments uh, on it. Uh, the land thing, uh, like I want to say Mr. Campbell was saying earlier, we kind of helped build him it you know uh like they say well no one was kind of looking for him coming out of high school and we kind of helped build him and then like i put in the comments it's kind of like the boomerang thing or the waiting to exhale thing where we help build you and then all of a sudden after you get there we're not good enough for you you know so i i kind of took that a little you know i didn't take it well but hey that's yeah. me and maybe i'm just looking at it wrong and you guys have a different opinion on it. Enjoy the show. And uh, if you guys can put the link in to make the donation, put the link in here so we won't have to go around finding it. If you put it in here, uh, I know I'll donate, probably other people too. You guys do a great job. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, let me say this. I When I say we, I know we can't compete per se with power fives but i don't think we have to compete with them on a dollar by dollar basis 
when you have no money, some money is better than no money. You know what I'm saying? Finish that thought, Kelvin. Uh, hey, uh, we got another caller. Caller, hold tight just a second. Finish that thought, Kelvin. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah. Um, we, we're not able to compete in terms of finances with the you know SEC, but neither can the, the group of five teams either. But we do have some things at HBCUs that are unique to HBCUs that are attractive. As Isaiah stated, his experience at FAMU has been wonderful. He loves the university. He loves the fan base. And and he was able to grow and develop, not just as a player, but as a person, right? The culture, the the, the, just so many things that are unique to HBCUs. So we have to continue to elevate those things. But also, let's be real real now. We have to have – some kind of way of being able to support our athletes um, in terms of, uh, you know, money-wise. But it don't. But I agree with you. It doesn't have to be dollar for dollar. Um, Kofi, hold your thought for a second. Let's figure out who we got on the line. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Mr. Ford from Atlanta. How you doing? Hey, do hey, you hey, know, hey. Mr. Ford. Hey, how's it going, Kofi? How's it going, sir? All right. Listen, tell you like they used to tell us in South Georgia, one monkey don't stop no show. The only reason some of y'all worried about uh, this land kid is because you don't know what fam you got on that roster and you don't know what's coming in. I'm going to be honest with you. It's his loss. Preach. Preach. Um, I think that fam is in for a historic year this year. And uh, too bad he going to miss out. If he leaves, he misses out. But I'm just going to say it again, baby. Fam, you got some stuff coming. Coming in this summer. Coming in as we speak. That's ready to play. They got some boys. Y'all got to remember, you know this. The last two, three years, even before Dion went to Jackson State, fam, you had one of the best recruiting classes uh, in FCS. Them kids are ready to play. So I'm going to say it again. One monkey don't stop no show, baby. If he leaves, have him have his fun. Because, fam, you're going to be all right. That's a young boy. I think he was 21, 22 years old. Let us remember, fam, you were started, what, 1895? When was, fam, you started? 1887. 1887. Huh? October 3rd, 1887. What? Okay. So, fam, you're going to be all right, and he's going to be all right, too. Y'all have a good night now. Okay. All right now. I'm a Mr. Ford. Respect well, I mean, that's knowledge. He's right. He right. He, yeah, he told no lies. We are stacked. Um, we have guys in 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 the wings that waiting for the opportunity. Got same measurables. Um, just hadn't had an opportunity yet. Um, you heard uh Coach Smith Rock when he was on our show talk about how he schemed the defense to be. To, to maximize the players' talents and, and and where they could play fast, so you know they didn't have to do much thinking. And um, so no, I don't want Isaiah to go. Let me be clear. <laughs> I like him <laughs> on our squad. <laughs> uh, but if he should make that decision and he feel like it's a, I don't, I, I personally don't hold anything against him. I mean, 
if I if, if I was nineteen twenty man and somebody offered six figures to me to come play for them for one year, uh, hey, I mean, I'm I ain't gonna be no hypocrite. Hell, I, I'm I probably would have <laughs> I would have probably took it too. So I don't fault him about thinking he's too good and all that. I don't get into all that, man. The man will put in his work, you know. Uh, you know he, you know, yes, fam, you gave him an opportunity, but he when he got here, he did something with that opportunity. He put in the work. Right, and, and he performed. So, so, so show you know. So I, I got to give him credit for that. And you know, whatever he do, like you say, this train gonna keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, we got a caller on the line. I don't know why. Sometimes we hear the phone. Hello. Sometimes we don't. Uh, caller, how we doing? What's your name? Where you calling from? You okay. Is Marcus from Wilmington? What's up, Marcus? Marcus. Yeah. Marcus. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching the show, throwing my little comments. So I got a wide range of things. But first thing, like Kofi said, like we talked about, no reason we shouldn't already have a short list. For, because we know that, I mean, if, if it's already been written, written on the wall that Gaucher wasn't coming back, then he should have been had a short list. And it comes back to also what we talked about before offline is like, okay, if we're going to put ourselves in this position and we know we got a young, ambitious AD, we got a young, ambitious coach who's already been flooded around twice, you know, with rumors of FBS offers at coordinator level or at least position coaches, we need to be what we call cradle coaches, a launching pad, just embrace it like some of the group of five teams and have a short list ready for anybody that leaves. And it shows a lack of preparedness that we don't for every position. And it actually also goes the same for Zay. But you already but you already know that we have some people coming in, and there's a couple of names of the roster that we recruited a couple of years ago, like Kelvin just alluded to, that have same measurable, same physical, and I think they're going through the same development program that's waiting for a chance. So it's just a matter of getting done. So whether it's a player, whether it's AD, whether it's a head coach, whether it's the president, there needs to be a short list had by somebody. So we're not creating a committee of 300 trying to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah, I mean, good point there. I mean, you know, um, I and, and you know, the thing that I'm trying to figure out, I haven't seen that Isaiah Lamb has graduated. I guess, you know what, I'll be honest. Maybe I might feel differently if, you know, I know he's a redshirt senior, if he was already a FAMU graduate, he may be. I don't think he is, though. I don't think he's officially a graduate yet. Uh, if anybody has seen yeah. differently, you tell me. But had he already graduated, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd be, you know, I'd, I would be with that crowd that say, okay, man, bye. Hey, man, uh, you know, all the best to you. Um, I would, I would pump the brakes and say, yo, man, finish your degree. Be a, I mean, be a part of, be a part of this alumni base, you know. After you go on and do where, whatever you're gonna do, wherever else, but get your degree from FAMU, who 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 put you on the map, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. But but then again, and, I, and I agree we know support. there's a lot of speculation. We don't know, you know. His pure motivation, we can speculate is all the NIL money thrown at him. But we don't know because he hasn't said anything publicly. And for all we know, we don't know his level of progression towards degree. He could finish this summer. 
And he might just be saying, okay, I'm putting my name in the hat, and I'm just going to see what they're talking about, and I can get some visits this summer. Might come back to fan, might take it somewhere else, but he's giving himself a shot for his last year, at least to see what's out there, see what his marketability is. I I know he's not saying anything, Marcus, but, I mean, I I would – I would I would shade ninety percent, almost minus five hundred, that there are some outside influences, and especially with the I mean, look at the money that's being look look at the money that's being thrown around to pull guys pull guys. I mean, they you've even got the big name, even the people with the money are complaining about the money that's being thrown around. Ain't that crazy? You got people like Nick Saban who has the money. And everybody, they're making laws in Alabama to prevent people from not. What what what's what are, we talked about this, didn't we? The laws in Alabama mm-hmm. that are they're they're setting up laws to make it what illegal, so you can't uh, shut down NIL. I, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And, and he, oh, yeah, and he's passing, telling you, yeah, and down at Miami, they're passing out cars like his lollipops at the dentist in your office. It's like everybody's hey, getting a car. Hey, 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 reality check. This ain't nothing new. Why y'all ain't no. brand new? Why y'all ain't surprised? This stuff been going on. I can tell you when I was in school, I had friends who played across the tracks. And and, and they, they were getting credit cards and all kind of stuff back then. So, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's just, uh, it, yeah, it's just not undercover no more. And I'm, I'm for it, yeah. man. It is what it is. Oh, yeah, I'm not it against it. Because, I mean, his it marketability is, is at back. an all-time high. But but I but I do I do want us to get on the level, and and start to do something. I I think we have the ability to do something. We have a large enough alumni base. I mean, we have alums that are able to that that just paid for uh, thirteen hundred students tuition. Well, if I'm not mistaken, correct? We just had alums that paid what almost one point two million dollars for students to graduate clean their bill, clean, took their debt away. So we have that type of financial base. Now, whether we're tapping into it, which we may not be, we should be, we could be. So every little bit will help. And that's just how the game is being played. As much as we need to improve facilities, yes, we need to improve facilities. We also need to find ways to continue to supplement that. If we're not going to get the budget that we need, then we've got to find other ways to supplement that budget that we need by getting the athletes to come as some, I mean, like I said, we got a lot of positive things at FAMU, a lot of reasons, but you know, uh, Steve asked mm-hmm. the tax It, it goes back to what Kelvin, tax- what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I'll get off after this, is that, you know, we can't, based on Coach Simmons' post, you know, a couple of weeks ago about holding your checkbooks and not making a rash decision. If we do that, then every player's going to die on the vine. So we can't hold the A.D. Gaucher thing. We can't hold something that happened, I don't know, back when Gaither was living. You know, we can't do that stuff and, and expect the program to progress. Not saying you got to well, bypass it, but if you donate your money, you got to demand, okay, what's going to clean up the mess, but you have to help with the cleanup, the cleanup process versus wait until it's finished. Well, let me let me say this. This is an election year, um, and the NAA 
National Alumni Association National Meeting is on the highest of seven hills. So this is an opportunity to bring uh, all of the great minds, all of the Rattler celebrities, all of the big wheels, bring everybody together. And it should be a topic that we don't leave June 1st through the 5th without having a Neil Collective already in place. Um, that That's something, there's too many people, I mean, you look at the economic impact that we have in one weekend on homecoming or Florida Classic weekend, and it's astronomical. It's just about somebody taking the initiative to lead it and follow through so that we can get this done. The money is there. Uh, the resources are there. But somebody has to take the initiative to say, uh, let's create, let's put together a think tank. Let's think about how we can take it to the next dimension and level and let's get it done. I mean, we've got people, uh, and all kinds of great, uh, individuals that can, that can pull together these resources and, and do this for, uh, our athletes. Marcus, next time we, Hey, Marcus, you got, I'm gonna have to make sure to give you the, uh, the link you know you should have just been on the just been on the show we should we should have just given you the dial so you can tune in marcus we love you man you you hold up the phone line you you, you could have been on the show <laughs> we, we got a phone we got a we got a we got a number expressly for marcus anytime he want to be a part of the show we got a we have an extension just for you marcus um hey one of the things i just saw stephen campbell asked is this a tax write-off no, this is not a tax write-off. This is a business. So in, in my understanding is NIL, you as a business, let's say uh, Steve's Car Wash. Well, if Steve's Car Wash wants to hire three FAMU players, football players, at, I don't know, 5000 a pop uh, to promote car washes through the semester, well, that's a contract that's being paid between you and the student athlete, you would issue them a 1099 and they would have to fill out what tax papers. Now that's me unofficially what little bit I know thus far. Um, so, you know, this is not a, this is not a tax write-off for, for boosters. Um, but I'm sure there are write-offs out there. I'm sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just saying that uh, people are still defining the rules and, and so forth. So it's a lot of unknowns out there right now. It's kind of um, the wild, wild west at, right now. You got, you know, different rules, regulations. The NCAA is not regulating. States got different things going on. So um, it, it, it's going to take a year or two for everything to kind of settle into a normal. And I think we ought to be a part of that. While it's chaotic, be a part of it now as much as you can. Um, caller, we got a, you're on the line. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, hi. Good evening. Um, I am um, Lori Wilson. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that we can have a um, – a honest conversation here because I've been watching you all and my thing with this whole thing is that what needs to be addressed at FAMU we really need to really really address it because 
there hasn't been a consistent problem. And when I was at, well, let me just say um, um, full um, full disclaimer, I am a Humphreys Rattler, okay? So I was under um, Frederick Humphreys. I went to FAMU in 1983. Uh, I was a pre-med major. Um, Jones Hall was I always hung out at. And I know, um, and then I went on to medical school at Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee. So I know that when you have a cancer and it starts in one place, you have to make sure that you get treatment so it does not metastasize to other places of the body, okay? Mm. I think it's egregious for people to get on here and ask alumni to keep throwing money at dysfunction. How in the world are we having an AD since 2004, about 1880s? And I think that's just ridiculous. I think it's unfair to think let alumni keep telling us to send money to like money is going to correct this dysfunction. And we have to look within ourselves and really try to make sure that we finally get rid of this cancer that's at FAMU. It don't make no sense to me. And then for us to get up here and act like, you know, everything is so wonderful. Listen, I love coming to the game. I love hanging out with all the alumni, but I'm concerned about the school because I know what it did for me. And the fact is we have a consistent problem. We don't have a person that has vision. When we have Amen. somebody that has vision, y'all didn't, y'all didn't like her. And sometimes <laughs> I think these have like some, oh. some type of um, misogynistic things that are going on underlining because she was an outsider, yeah, but she was trying to get, get rid of some of that stuff at FAMU that we need to get rid of. I mean, hell, I experienced it when I was at FAM when we used to go to the um uh, um to financial aid and, and trying to get financial aid money and people treated us like, you know, well, what you here for? You wouldn't even have a job if, 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 we, didn't have, if we didn't have students right. there at FAM. So what I'm trying to say is that there is a consistent problem at FAMU that needs to be addressed and it needs to be eradicated. And I'm sorry, Larry is not the one to do that. Okay? Yeah. So we it's, need to see right. where we can get somebody that has vision, like President Humphreys. And I know y'all don't get tired of me saying that, but that man nope. raised us. Nope. He made me Amen. see we're, we're Humphreys, what it was we're all Humphreys, to be a rapper. All thrills. That's right. And listen, I'm holding my money. Until until I can see some change there, I gave a little bit, but not the money I was prepared to give to FAMU. And it's not just me; it's a lot of other rattlers that I know that um, that we went through FAMU together. They got plenty of money, more money than I got, and they holding it too because we are disappointed on what is going on. Listen, I don't know what was going on with Courtney and Gaucher, but I know one thing. He turned that athletic department around. Okay, he turned it around, and you and and whatever he was doing. Okay, you, I don't I don't have to know the details, but we need somebody has vision like that. And all this stuff is going on. I'm sorry, y'all. It's embarrassing to me, cause I'm I'm out here always supporting fam. You twenty four seven, 
and now we got this stuff going on, we can't just gloss over it like, you know, it's not, oh, well, you know, let's talk about something else. No, we have a consistent problem at SAMU that needs to be taken care of, and we don't need people who want to punk out, who don't want to get this stuff straight. Mm. We need somebody to come in there and just get rid of this fire, every last one of them. And, you know, and I, and listen, the reason why I love FAMU so much is because my whole family went there. I remember my grandfather, according to my mother, sold a cow back in the day. We were from Mariana, Jackson County, so my uncle could attend FAMU. FAMU has a great history, and we need to remember that, and we need to get rid of this stuff so we can go ahead and be great FAMU, FAMU, everything that we used to be. And I'm sorry, I'm not sending my money until I see some change or what's going on. And I encourage all the other alumni to send, send like I did, like half the money you, you were going to send. And you wait until you see some change because, um, fam, you're going to get the money now. They're going to get so, my money because that's, that's what I'm going to do. So, I'm gonna send so, it. so, so Doc, Doc, so I, I don't know if you caught the beginning of the show, but I was I would suggest, you know, people do what they want with their money. I, I'm okay with it either way. But waiting for FAMU to correct FAMU is what got, got us in this situation. We need people like yourselves to, to not just send your money, but, you know, demand answers. Be a part of the, the, the structure that you, you brought up some great comments, some great points. We need that kind of energy in, 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 um, as, as a mass group. Um, a part of the different organizations that try to push what you're saying, because vision is definitely lacking at all levels. And we definitely need that. But I don't know if just holding your money and waiting going to change our situation. So I I don't want us to just think it ain't about just money. It's about our time and and our energy, too. Yeah, I I understand that. But let me tell you this. Sam, you should be on the track of having this own medical and dental school. Right? Xavier is doing it. So why hasn't FAMU got to that point where they can have their own medical and dental school right there in in Florida and be able to develop this? There's a lot of stuff that is going on that we need to get on top of. And if athletic um, department shows us some of the dysfunction that is going on at FAMU, And I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I said, you know, we have history, and I'm from Jackson County, and my family has history with Sam. And that's why we're not going to never turn our back on that school because we remember it gave us an opportunity trajectory to where we are now. My sister is an attorney because of Sam U. She went right. to um she went to a white law school, but her undergrad was at at Sam. So it helped our family change our whole trajectory in regards to economics, and we're able to have this money now because of FAMU. But I'll be doggone if I'm gonna throw my money at dysfunction. I'm not gonna do that, sir. But I tell you one thing: I'm gonna put it aside somewhere, and when it, when I start seeing some change, I'm gonna send it. So uh, okay. so all I'm saying is that we have to be cognizant of, of how the alumni are feeling. And not just me, you know, that's saying this. Some of the other, my colleagues that went through FAM and who are doctors now, we just had a conversation the other day. And I know these people are millionaires. 
And they said, yeah, we're going to hold our money a little bit so we can find out what's going on. So it wasn't a good thing what happened with Courtney. It should have been handled a whole different kind of way, and it wasn't. And now you're gonna have, we're going to have to suffer the consequences. As my grandma used to always say, sometimes the good got to suffer with the bad. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that's what's gonna happen. The good gonna have to suffer with the bad until we can figure out what's going on with FAMU, who I love and who I've written into my will and everything. That's how much I love. I'm gonna put the put the um. I'm gonna tell you, we love that school, and that's what we want to fight for. It, and we're not gonna let this stuff happen, continue to happen, and keep throwing money at it, thinking it's gonna be okay. And so that's why I want right. to call in and tell y'all tonight. Cause my head was hurting, y'all. Sometimes y'all make somebody head hurt. <laughs> hey, that's family. Look, it's um okay. because we care. You know, we have we have a group of people. Rattler Nation cares, but at this time, it's important for us to get organized so that we can confront the things that need to be confronted. Nothing changes without confrontation. You know, and at this point. I'm at my wits end concerning um, Dr. Larry Robinson. I think that he's, his time is just up. But if we, again, but there's so much at stake. There's Dr. Robinson. There's the Board of Governors. There's the Board of Trustees. There's, you know, uh, FAMU Athletics. All of these things that have to be addressed, even, even when it comes down to the medical school. Because then if you get Dr. Robinson out, we have to be prepared with who's gonna fill that seat who is next so you know having that contingency plan already in place is necessary um because again here's the thing and this is why i'm so adamant about uh this level of of communication at this time um blockbuster was once an epic and iconic company everybody was looking at blockbuster there wasn't a friday night that I couldn't see somebody that I knew at the Blockbuster getting a video, written a video, doing all those different things. Well, guess what? Blockbuster didn't have an eye on the future and the trends that were changing. And as a consequence, they are now obsolete. They're not in existence because they did not have an eye on the future. The MEAC was a thriving conference a thriving conference at one time. And now it's on the verge of a possible disbandment. I pray it doesn't happen. I hope that they have enough leadership and communication that they don't disband, but they're in this position right now because they had leadership that did not have an eye on the future. Without a vision, without a revelation, Without that measure of creativity, the people and everything under you will perish. And so this is why we've got to be involved and create the FAMU that we want. Yes. The FAMU that we want. We want a dental school. We want a medical school. Now, who the next person that's up, we need you to sign on with this or you can't be our press. We need to know that you're going to fight for us. You know, y'all, y'all are down there with the Board of Governors. We complain about everything in regards to the admission and the enrollment, you know, hey, you know, guys, why y'all stifling us? You know, let's 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 talk about this. Let's confront this because this system is not benefiting our beloved school. 
So either y'all going to do what we need you to do, or we're going to find a way to get you out of there and do what we need to do on our own. You know, but it takes a courageous and uh, I want to say a determined spirit to go in. And this is a part of our DNA because the alma mater says that we fight and win whatever the battle be. Right now, there's so much at stake that we are literally fighting for the life of Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University. And this is why we cannot be silent. This is why we cannot shut up. This is why Dr. Robinson has to be held accountable. This is why the Board of Trustees and uh, Kevin Lawson and them bringing Gaucher up there with uh, without his qualifications, even though he did some great things, again, he has to be held accountable. Everybody that has something to do with it. Again, but now, where are we going? Where are we now? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Give us vision. Give us vision so that we can secure the destiny of our beloved school. Well said. Any final thoughts, Dr. Wilson, that you'd like to share? No, no. No, I just, um, I'm so glad that um, I'm going to be sharing um, your um, program with other people. And I'm so glad I was able to come, Carl, and talk to you all tonight. Kofi is my guy. I love listening to him. I actually, when I was at FAMU, his father taught um, black um, psychology, and I remember him back. So I'm real old school, but I just respect um, respect him and his thoughts and everything. But thank y'all. And like I said, I'm love you, Doc. listening to you. Thanks, Doc. I'm going to try to um, um, come every week and listen to y'all. Thanks. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Doc. Thanks. All right. That's- all right. Uh, wow. No, that that's it. That was it. We get we got to end it there uh, with uh, that was a that was a good one there from uh, Dr. Wilson. Um, yes, it was. That that brings me back to as we cl- as we get ready to wrap up the show. That thought that we have said many a times. That vote of no confidence. That communication. We have to go ask the why. We have to continue to go to the board of governors. We have to go to our alumni, national alumni, whoever becomes a new national alumni president, they have to be behind a vote of no confidence in Dr. Robinson. Our foundation president, even though they may be on this committee, this 18 team member committee thing, we need the FAMU Foundation. <laughs> we need the FAMU Foundation behind a vote. Of no- we, we need more than a four- three minute and 56 second speech in front of a club for lunch. We need more than that. That was embarrassing. It was ridiculous coming, coming to show because he's on another call and showing up to do us a favor. Ridiculous. That was embarrassing. And for him to leave, the first statement that we've heard in the past two weeks was three minutes and 55 seconds. Utterly embarrassing. Go ahead on. I think get a, get I get pissed off thinking about it the more and more. Because, yes, we can continue to say he's a nice man. There's, But at some point, you, as you've all said, and we've all said, you need somebody that's got to get that's willing to fight. You've all said it. We've all said it. There are no, yeah. Dr. Wilson, she's but between that network of people that she knows, 
that can that's that's chain that that that's that's financial uh avenues that could be changing fam you those are donors right. that could be changing fam you nil opportunities you know just yeah changing yeah. fam you all day from so many different levels yeah and if if that group is 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 holding back half there are other groups who are holding back more it's got to change it's got to change folks and we but have to change we but, have to do yeah yeah brian but as COVID pointed out and i i want to end my comment on this the change gonna come from us people not from somebody president that you 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 elect or uh, whether it be naa or whether it be uh the president of the universe or the board chair those folks who have those titles don't necessarily have vision right we're in a political state and the people who make decisions in terms of who leads lead the board of governors board of trustees they ain't, they ain't necessarily rattlers you know and and so yeah. what what i'm saying is if we won't change then we're gonna have to come like as uh the former congressman used to say, we're gonna have to have start some good trouble. And that's what yes. we haven't been willing yes. to do. We have yeah. not been willing to start good trouble within our own ranks at our uh-huh. university with our leaderships. And that's what it's gonna take. All right. I that you said right there a mouthful because I was just I I, I keep going back to how do we get it started? How do we get it started? But like you just said, that's how it has to happen. It's not going to happen. Go ahead, Kofi. Go ahead, Kofi. No, no, mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. All right, hold on a minute. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Now, yeah. Yes, you got All you. Right. Go ahead. So you can't change, again, what you don't confront. You can't confront what you don't identify. All right? So it just begins with identifying the problem, okay? We have to confront it. We have to identify it. And then after you identify it, you have to be able to stick around for the solution. It does not do us any good to just point out what the problem is. It's just like, you know, Dr. Dr. Lori Wilson was talking about identifying, okay, so you got the cancer. Now, what's the prescription? What are we going to do about it, Okay. What are we going to do? How are we going to confront it? You know, how are we going to deal with this? What is the solution for this? And so this is um, this is just some things that we've got a lot on the table. It's not just any one thing. There's layers and layers and layers of stuff that needs to be confronted, needs to be identified. But we have the ingenuity. We have the intelligence. We have the resources to confront it and send FAMU where it needs to be to the very top. So at the end of the day, there's no excuses. We're not going to give one another excuses. Let's hold one another accountable. And it starts now. Let's go. Let's get this done. You know, and it goes more than just me saying, okay, fire Larry Robinson, get him out of here. No, no, no. It takes us saying, here is the list of issues that we need to deal with. Okay, these are the things that are priority regarding FAMU. All right. And then once we identify those things, we get our list. Now it's time to say, okay, let's do it. Because we've been talking about a lawsuit regarding the state of Florida for the longest. We've been talking about this capital campaign for the longest. 
We've been talking about um, the, you know, confronting the board of governors for the longest and nothing has been done. So it's just time for us to hold one another accountable, holy one another speak to the fire until we get the right kind of movement to uh, to be the, the school and the university that we're called to be. Let's go. Where'd that money, where'd that nearly $100 million from the White House go? I'm just asking, just asking, it, just asking. That, let's ask Larry Robinson. Let me say this so we can get out of here, okay? Yes, Morehouse's yes, president, Morehouse's president uh, was not even somebody that their alumni wanted because he went to Yale. Everybody was just sitting there like, oh, we don't need this, this dude coming from Yale trying to come and run this HBCU and do X, Y, and Z. Well, guess what? He got the job, and this guy is on the cusp of raising $500 million for Morehouse. $500 million. He's been able to go into these companies uh, and, and tap into, I want to say, the white guilt, so to speak, after Maude Aubrey and uh, um, the other things that have been happening. I want to say George Floyd, all of those things. He's been able to tap into that and get the money. You know, again, we've got to make a list of uh, the, the, the type of president we want, the AD we want, the leadership we want, the the governor we want. We got to do everything that we can, especially at this time, to turn the state of Florida blue. We cannot afford to stay red. We can't afford another four years of looking over our shoulder, wondering what's going to happen next with DeSantis in office. We've got to find our battle cry and be strategic about what needs to happen next. And I'm done. Uh, send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. If you want to be part of the solution, you have some ideas and thoughts that you want to share. Uh, we've got the platform along with uh, the Black College Sports Network and Jericho Broadcasting uh, that we are a part of. We care about FAMU. We want FAMU to be better. Uh, a few Twitter poll results from you guys who have been voting all day. Do you agree with Dr. Robinson's decision to name 18 people to a committee in search of a new athletic director? 89.2% of you said no. Wonderful. Uh, is 18 people on a search committee too many, not enough, or just right? 90.9% of you said way too many. Uh, why do you think Isaiah Lamb entered his name into the transfer portal? This was a close one. 37.9% of you said NIL money from FBS schools. I tend to agree with that one. Uh, will Isaiah Lamb return to FAMU? 54.5% of you say no. Uh, still time to go vote. Go to uh, twitter.com, ONG Strike Zone. The poll will still be up. Uh, so actually final, final results will be sometime tomorrow evening. So you still have time to vote. If you're catching this show on replay, you can still go vote. Um, the show will be available on the BCSN pod zone, which is the podcast, uh, only version, which you can listen to on Spotify, Apple podcasts, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I'll retweet the link again. If you want to donate to our show, we appreciate you all the callers for calling in. Thank you for calling. We appreciate your input. Uh, thank you all for chatting on Facebook and YouTube and being part of the show. Make sure to share the show. Make sure to follow us. 
at ONG Strike Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, we really appreciate all of you. Uh, yeah, Leonard, go ahead and call Elon if you would. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Next week's show uh, will be, I'm sure it'll be fire. We'll, we'll see what's happening. Hopefully, uh, we'll probably get into talking about a little softball preview. Uh, we'll have to try to see if we can get the softball coach on the show as they get ready to head uh, to their softball meet. Baseball, big weekend, Alabama State. So head over to the baseball field, uh, more Kittles field, and uh, and go check them out this weekend. Got a chance to move into first place in the East if the boys get it done. So make sure to go out, be loud, and support the Rattlers this weekend. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you to our producer, Melody, for uh, everything she did, hanging in there for a little overtime. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, for Kelvin and Kofi, I'm Brian. <coughs> Coughing it out here at the end. That's going to do What's it. Your name, Nation. <coughs> right. Stay strong. What's your name? <coughs> What's your name, L? I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get us out of here. All right. Be quiet. Hey, Rattler Nation. Be strong. Be loud. And don't forget to strike, strike, and strike again. Peace out.